Welcome to the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam and Ashley. This week, we'll be talking about the slow burn reverse harem thriller, Find Me by Ashley Rostek. We've opted to include a trigger warning for this episode. We will be discussing murder, violence, sexual assault, and stalking. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. All right. So our book this week is Find Me by Ashley Rostek. This has the most beautiful cover. I am obsessed with this cover. It is so good. And I should have messaged her and asked who did this cover because I would love to like shout them out. But we'll do that after the fact and then we'll be like, hey, you did a great job. It's very unique. Like it is. It's not like anything that you typically see in the reverse harem genre. I want more covers like this. More artistic simplified covers no more sexy men or sexy women no more cardi b (laughs) covers cardi b covers (laughs) you know what i'm talking about (laughs) i do uh it's funny that you say that because the cover reminds me of something we would see from willow and then you also said while you were reading this that you were getting a lot of like smile like you mean it vibes Yes, and that's just because there's that, you know, teenage level of angst in this book, and it's more of a, definitely a slow burn, um, just like you, you know, would experience in one of Willow's books, so. Mm -hmm. Well, our main character is Shiloh. Uh, She has recently lost her whole family uh, and was put into witness protection after the killer escaped. Now, my only reference for witness protection is that show that used to be on USA. Did you ever watch that, Ash? No. <laughs> was it like a this... like, true like age? No, like, true... it was completely fictionalized. Oh. Uh, I went through this whole phase where I was like watching all these USA shows where it was like um, Suits was on then. Uh, the That show when it was like Royal something where it was like the medicine on the Hamptons, like the doc, the house called doctor on the Hamptons. And then this show was on at the same time. And it was like she was a U.S. Marshal and it was like all of the different cases that she would have to work in witness protection. So that's my only reference for the witness protection program. You know what I was just thinking? I was like, oh, I knew someone who was a U.S. Marshal, but he was an air marshal. (laughs) Not like he wasn't like the same thing. Yeah, (laughs) He just like flew on airplanes. (laughs) So she, uh, Shiloh, recently relocated to Arizona. In her words, she closed her eyes and pointed at the map. And that's how she chose where she was going to (laughs) move. And I have thoughts on this that (laughs) I'll mention later (laughs) about Arizona. Prior to this, she was living with her uncle in the Alaskan wilderness um, for a year after her whole family was killed. And he was taking that time to teach her survival skills and how to defend herself and all that kind of stuff. And then they relocated after she turned 18 and she's trying to start her new life as she is dealing with all of the grief and trauma of losing her family while also dealing with the fear of possibly having to confront the man who killed her family again because he is very much still out there 
And I just think that, you know, if you're in witness protection, Alaska is probably one of the safest places for you to be because there's so many areas that are only accessible by little tiny planes and they're small towns. So it's like if someone new shows up, like they're obviously going to be aware of it. But, you know, that's, that's just my two cents on that. So I think that could go either way. Like you... You can go to the middle of nowhere, Alaska, but then whatever town you're in is immediately going to know that, like, you stick out like a sore thumb because you're brand new. Or you can go in, like, a city or the suburbs where you're just going to, like, melt into the background because they're so used to people coming and going. So I guess it kind of depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. I, I feel like it would be amazing to live in Alaska and just, like, read inside all the time and then, like, hike when the weather is, like, somewhat nice. I feel like I couldn't live somewhere where I can't get DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true for you. Luckily, I have Chris to cook my meals for me, but he has absolutely vetoed moving to Alaska. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, so, some things that I love right off the bat with this book when we're talking about Shiloh's situation is I feel as though the way that Shiloh is dealing with her grief and trauma are very realistic. She has a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms, which is something that I think you would expect from an 18-year-old who just lost, like, everyone she loves in her life. She oh, has yeah. A, yeah. She has a real fear of loss, and that starts to become evident as she's becoming closer to new people in Arizona to the point where... She, it's like the constant push and pull of pushing them away because she doesn't want to become reliant on them. And, of course, she's diagnosed with PTSD because she went through an extremely traumatic event. And she does get triggered at one point in the book and goes into a panic attack. And she has just this need to rely on only herself because she's learned that if she relies on other people, she's going to lose them. And so she wants to make sure that she can do everything herself. And I felt like this was just portrayed beautifully in this book the uh the author does such a great job of doing a realistic explanation of why she's reacting the way she's reacting yeah and all of her feelings were just so valid because of everything that she's experienced at such a young age and we all know that being a teenager is one of the most sensitive times in your entire life and to go mm -hmm. through so many struggles at such a young age like no wonder she has PTSD it's oh I can't even imagine I mean it, this is a book but still still there are people <laughs> that go through these sorts of things in their real life it um, does make me wonder if Ashley Rostek has gone through like great loss in her life because I feel like this is just such a realistic portrayal of grief and coping especially with both Shiloh and the guys that she is slowly falling in love with everyone in this story has experienced a tremendous amount of loss yeah and you know that's something that I think that really brings all of them together throughout the book is they're just so understanding because they've been through it themselves uh, Ash you want to get into what Shiloh looks like I know you're all about the physical descriptions absolutely um, so she is a little tiny thing. Uh, she has lilac colored hair. That's a tribute to her sister, Shayla. Um, Shayla, you know, was murdered by Mr. X. 
Um, and she also has these deep scars from being bound. They're on her wrist and ankles. And she has other scars, you know, just superficially from Mr. X cutting her repeatedly. Uh, and in order to hide that, she wears long sleeves constantly. Um, and she's selective about her shoe and sock choices to hide the ones on her ankles. Her uncle does make her wear a GPS tracker so he can find her if she goes missing. Um, I, I personally felt like that th that was kind of overkill just because I'm sure that Mr. X would notice it. It's not like they're like, you know, not easy to spot. Um, yeah. <laughs> like you could just cut it off and that would kind of be the end of that. But, you know, I think a microchip or something like that would be a better choice. But I don't know if that technology exists or not. Just put I mean, one of those like does. just put one of those like Apple things like under her skin. <laughs> just a little air tag. Um, and this is just a side note. I'm really tired of little tiny female main characters that are amazing fighters, which I know is a thing, but you know, we also have to recognize the fact that if someone is larger than you, it's generally easier for them to sub, you know, to subdue you. Mm -hmm. So I want some more Amazon women jujitsu badasses in reverse harems. Just because I'm like, it's always these like tiny, skinny women. And I feel like we don't see as many full figured badass female main characters. Do you agree? I agree. I think we could. A lot of the times when it's a taller or full figured main character, they're not as much of like a physical badass as we're seeing with like the smaller women, so I'm totally down for more uh, full-figured badass fighter main characters. Agreed. So if you are a reverse harem author, you should write this because there are, you know, full-figured tall women that want to read this sort of content. Because <laughs> I feel like I could definitely kick somebody's ass. I don't feel that way, but you got that Aries energy, so you're always ready to fight someone. Catch these hands, baby. <laughs> so I was surprised that Ashley loved this book as much as she did because this harem is four brothers. And everybody who listens to this podcast knows my feelings about a harem of brothers. I think that Colette, like, this is, like, something that she comments on all the time to me. Uh, so when Ashley was like, you should read it, it's really good. And then I'm reading through and I'm like, oh, it's all brothers. Like, I was surprised <laughs> that you were so into this. <laughs> And we know what my feelings on male-on-male -male action are. So obviously, that that is not going to be a thing. I mean, maybe, I don't know, you could write that, but that's that would definitely not be something that I would be interested in reading. <laughs> um, but it's just done so well, and it just, it, it feels is. very natural in this book. Uh, it just, yeah, she did a really great job. So it, it was easy for me to let that slide. So Shiloh's new neighbors are four brothers. They live in the house right next to hers. Which is a and very nice house. They have, like, a pool and, like, an outdoor yeah, kitchen. Girl. and It's a nice-ass house. Uh, they live on their own because their parents have also died. Um, and we... I'm going to introduce them in the order that we meet them. So we have Colt, who is just 
an absolute sweetheart. He is the first to introduce himself to Shiloh. He's constantly looking out for her at school. He offers to uh, show her around on the first day since she's going to be new. And he's constantly making sure she's comfortable and all right and is, like, ready to jump in at any moment to make sure that she's feeling okay. And he's just an absolute sweetheart. I love Colt. (laughs) And... Probably one of my favorite things about him is that he has that super sweet side, but then he has this crazy protective side. And there's an incident Mm -hmm. that happens in gym class and Colt like loses it and is like beating on this kid. And um, his his brother, who we're going to mention next, has to, you know, kind of pull him back. Um, But I love that he is that protector, like, come after my girl and I'm going to fuck you up. So after Colt, we have Creed, who is Colt's identical twin. Uh, Creed takes a lot longer to warm up to Shiloh, and he has a lot of awkward moments with her from the start. When he first meets Shiloh, he is, like, annoyed with her because she's waking up screaming from nightmares every night. And he's, <laughs> Their like, rooms are, like, right like back yeah, to Yeah, his other. room is right next to hers. So literally the first thing he says to her is, like, oh, the girl who wakes me up screaming every night. And Shiloh's, like... Oh, God. So, like, Creed is just that person who's, like, up front and kind of abrasive at first. But then once you get on his good side, he's, like, ride or die for you. And there's just this wonderful turning point with him and Shiloh where Shiloh wakes up screaming again. Creed comes over, like, ready to yell at her because his sleep is being constantly interrupted. And she opens the door and he sees that she is just, like distraught tears streaming down her face like obviously struggling and he's just like uh let me stay with you and he just chills with her for the rest of the morning they make breakfast together uh he makes her coffee uh and it's just the cutest moment where it's like from then on they're fantastic together Yeah, and I love how Creed's, like, I don't dislike you, but I don't know you well enough to have an opinion of you initially, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I I, I like characters that are like that, like, that it just takes time for them to get close with someone, you know, rather than Colt, who just, like, is wearing his heart on his sleeve and putting it all out there. He just, you know, it takes a little bit more effort, but he's not my favorite, but I do appreciate that about him. He is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely feel like we, like, you definitely love the broody. And lately I've been more of, like, the Blake Bowman type, which is fine. (laughs) We all love a Golden Retriever. The Golden Retriever boyfriend. Speaking of Golden Retriever boyfriend, Keelan. So Keelan is older than uh, Colton Creed. He's like the middle brother, basically, since Colt and Creed are identical twins. Um, he's very similar in personality to Colt. He's very much a sweetheart. And he's just constantly pumping up Shiloh so that she knows how strong uh, she is. One of her, the first interactions that Shiloh has with Keelan, he comes over and like taps her on the shoulder while uh, she's trying to unload soil from the back of her car. And she has headphones in and he scares her. So she like takes him down to the ground. <laughs> And he was like, my dream girl. (laughs) I loved that. It's such a good scene. So we we love Keelan. So Keelan and Shiloh bond over their shared love of jujitsu. 
And Keelan loves making Shiloh blush. Like, it's his favorite thing. He just says stuff all the time around her to see what kind of reaction he'll get. And I also love that Keelan is the self-described, like, best looking. He's the pretty one. Yes. (laughs) Which, he's just my favorite. He's just, uh, adorable. And again, also, like, he's just, it's, he makes it aware, like, he makes you aware pretty early on that he's interested. He does. Um, And then, finally, we have Knox, the oldest brother. Uh, He is the epitome of the grumpy in the grumpy sunshine trope. He is incredibly protective of his family, which makes sense, because they lost their mother early to cancer, and then their father died in a car accident a few years ago, and he just really took over that, like, parental protective role, and he's very hesitant about his brothers getting so attached to Shiloh when they don't know her. So he comes across as very abrupt and abrasive and is constantly questioning Shiloh about her reactions to things, but it makes sense because he doesn't want his brothers to become emotionally attached to someone who he feels as though isn't in it for the long haul or is someone who could be potentially dangerous for their family. So he says dumb things all the time in an attempt to push Shiloh away so he doesn't get attached. But I feel like this brings out a side of Shiloh that we don't see with any of the other guys where she wants to push back at him. Like there's just constant push and pull between Knox and Shiloh. And I love seeing that from her because he really pulls out like the fighter side of Shiloh where almost all of the rest of the guys are just like there to like comfort her and make her feel good. He like pushes her and we get to see a different side of her. Um, But then in true grumpy sunshine fashion, he is also the one who's just constantly taking care of her. Uh, Shiloh tends to run herself into the ground literally uh, and goes for these like, four hour long runs as an unhealthy coping mechanism and there were several times where Knox was taking care of her afterwards and there was a certain point where she like almost got heat stroke in the gym and he's like the first person there to help her so it just feels like he kind of always has an eye on her and always knows when she needs something from him and it's definitely you can tell that one of his biggest concerns is he doesn't He cares for her, but he doesn't want her to come between the four of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, I mean, that's valid. Reverse harems, you know, or polyamorous relationships are unfortunately not the norm in our society. And I feel like especially with a group of brothers who, you know, can sometimes like have personalities that don't always like get along. I could see that being a big concern. I think he was also concerned because Creed and Colt latched on her so quickly. And he saw that both himself and Keelan were also developing feelings. But he kind of felt like, I can't be feeling this way about her. I can't let myself get too close to her because then I'm going to cause issues with Creed and Colt. So it was like him trying to put distance between him and Shiloh so that he didn't cause any issues with his younger brothers. Which, I mean, he tries to fight it, but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Knox and Keelan own the gym that Shiloh goes to regularly. And they're a few years older than her and the twins, but it's not much of an age gap. It seems like at most Knox is like four years older than them. Which I felt like 
I, I realize it can't be too much because then it borders on creepy, but like the level of maturity it would take to have to run, you know, a complex business like that and take care of your younger siblings. I just, I feel like four years is not realistic. I mean, when I was I mean, 21. I mean, I be wrong about that. When I was 21, I was really fucking up still. I don't Maybe really it think it wasn't four years. Was it like six? I don't, I don't know. know. I can't remember, but I feel like more than four, it starts to maybe get like a little more cringe. Do you agree? Yeah. So I feel like she was trying to ride that fine line of like super responsible older brother, but not too much older brother. Because I feel like it could have been like, it could have been written as like this happened, like, you know. It was her first year of, like, community college that she had this guy as her professor, and then all this shit happened. Do you know what I mean? I mean, she was... Yeah, I can see where you're going. She was supposed to be in college by this time, but her being in Alaska made her have to repeat her senior year, or actually go to senior year for the first time since she missed her senior year while she was in Alaska. So, I mean, she has that going for her, but I agree. This could have been aged up pretty easily. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like I like we discuss frequently. Sometimes I feel like I really need to distance myself from reverse harems where they're, you know, high school aged characters cuz I start to feel like a dirty old woman. <laughs> uh so it's pretty obvious from the beginning that all the brothers are going to be in the harem. Uh and they've all at least kissed Shiloh by the end of book 1. Uh, And there is some conflict that the brothers have to work out between them as this is evolving. And that's something that they're trying to deal with at the very end of book one. Um, So Colt and Creed have shared a woman before, but Knox and Keelan haven't. And they're a little more hesitant about the dynamic. Like the twins are pretty much like once they work out that both of them have an attraction to her, they're like, oh, like this is just going to be a thing. Um... Whereas Knox, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like Keelan is more open just because he's, like, so interested, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can definitely tell that Knox, like, I don't know if it's that, like, alpha energy or, like, being the protected brother, but he's definitely more hesitant. I feel like as we start book two, um, I feel like we're definitely gonna see... Like, Creed, Colt, and Keelan being 100% on board, and Knox still being a little bit hesitant. I wonder how many books she has planned for this. I also wonder that. I'm hoping it's a duet and we get, like, the ending in book two, but I'd also be fine with, like, three books. I think it needs to be three books, because, like, we haven't really had any, you know, very many spicy times. You know what I mean? You want three books just for the inclusion of spice? Well, I mean, if it's a reverse harem, that's kind of what I expect, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying, that would be a lot to cram into the second book. Yeah. So I wanted to go over some favorite moments. I have a lot. Um, To no one's surprise, this book made me cry so much. (laughs) Like, so fucking much. I this was one of the ones where I was like full on like tears falling down my face and my husband walks into the room and is like why are you crying again (laughs) it just doesn't surprise me (laughs) which is funny because I was out at a happy hour with some coworkers yesterday and we were talking about like 
how much we cry. And I was like, oh, my God, I cry all the time. And, like, all of my coworkers were like, you don't seem like someone who cries so much. And I was like, well, when I'm reading, <laughs> I think definitely that it, not the case. The way you carry yourself in life and in your professional career, you definitely don't give off the vibe that you would be a crier in that way. But I save all my crying for my personal time. Knowing you how I do and knowing how you get when you're reading, oh my god, you're such a crier. Whereas like Sarah and I are these frigid bitches that like never cry. Sarah, I think, cries more than I do. I like never cry. Colleen Hoover cracked Sarah while she was reading It Ends With Us. Which is funny, because at that happy hour, one of my coworkers was like, have you read It Ends With Us yet? And I'm like, I haven't, but Sarah just did, and it finally made her cry. Sam's like, gonna be reading that with my tissues. <laughs> uh, I really liked Uncle Logan, uh, who's Shiloh's uncle, but I do have some questions about his character in general. So Uncle Logan is the younger brother of Shiloh's mother. But there's not he, that huge of an age difference between them, I don't think, because people in Alaska had thought that they were a couple. No, I think she says that Logan's like eight years older than her. Um, and he's a U.S. Marshal, and he, he just leaves Shiloh to go and look for Mr. X. But in my mind, I'm like... How is that not a conflict of interest? Like, you don't get to go and investigate. Like, if you're a regular police officer, if something happens to your family, you are not allowed to be on that case. So I can't imagine that the rules are very different for federal marshals where, like, his older sister got murdered by this man. They're just allowing him to search for him. I don't think that that would be allowed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have enough experience with, like, law enforcement or that sort of thing to know. But, yeah, I would also think that that would be a conflict of interest. And I think that there would be that concern of him snapping and doing something to Mr. X before he could be prosecuted, you know, before a court of law. Yeah, that's typically why they don't let you do that. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because I think the whole innocent until proven guilty thing kind of goes out the window when, you know, it's someone who killed your entire family, except for your one but, niece. Then I also have the question, like, is it rational to leave your 18-year-old niece on her own just one year after she lost the rest of her entire support system? And she is clearly still struggling with PTSD, depression, and, like, just drowning in grief and you're alcoholism. just like alcoholism <laughs> alcoholism she's smoking she's literally like killing her body by running for hours on end and you're just like deuces i'm gonna go across the country and chase this guy down <laughs> deuces <laughs> yeah as as a caregiver or a, a parent there's no way like they're there's no way, but I guess because she's 18, I mean, he can technically, you know, she can make whatever decision she wants to make. But I'm just questioning uh, the wisdom you, of Uncle Logan. Could you, in good conscience, leave someone like that? Absolutely not. Like, I realize I guess, Logan must be dealing with his own shit. Like, he lost his sister. He, that's a lot of grief that he is also dealing with, but like. And he's also only 26, like. Yeah. So obviously, he's probably not thinking straight either. Yeah. 
It just that that part of the plot is slightly unrealistic. <laughs> um, I really enjoy that the author was drawing the parallels because Shiloh was a twin. Shiloh was an identical twin with Shayla. And she's immediately falling for these two identical twins of Colton Creed. And she's constantly see- seeing these like mirror parallels between how the twins interact with one another and how her and Shayla would interact with one another. And it's really forcing her to like relive these memories and not bury her grief like she was doing previously. And I think that's so important of her like being able to remember the good times that she had with her sister without completely losing herself every single time. Yeah, I agree. And I thought that that was very well done as well. But again, like, oh, what are the chances that you move next door to four hot brothers and two of them are twins? (laughs) We're, We're putting aside reality for this. I mean, I feel like that's, you know, what reverse harem is in general. <laughs> like, yes. for the majority of the population. But, yes, I think it's great, you know, that she does can start to bring up Shayla more and mm-hmm. talk about her instead of just keeping everything inside and, you know, drowning her sorrows. And what's what's her drink of choice? Jack Daniels? Jim Beam? Yeah. One of those J... Jack Daniels. Yeah. God, I can't imagine being 18 years old and drinking whiskey like that. No, thank you. Oh, ugh, just ugh, the idea that I just gag. <laughs> As just... someone who has toured the Jack Daniels distillery, <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> I feel like, like yeah, there's did... like way better whiskeys or what? Uh, that's like a whiskey, right? <laughs> it's uh, they do whiskey and bourbon. Yeah. Um, which I mean, bourbon is a type of whiskey, but. They, we did like this whole tasting at the end and it was me and my best friend and we were just like (laughs) sitting there and with the guy doing the tasting was so mad at us because we were like giggling the entire time because they were like, and this one has notes of butterscotch and Kelly and I would like look at each other and be like, fucking where? (laughs) It makes me think of Michael Scott, like putting the Splenda in it. (laughs) totally be me (laughs) lies there was no butterscotch can i get some coke to mix with this (laughs) i just went this this little mini can of coke out of my purse (laughs) but yeah i um i've you know back when i used to drink we had done tastings like that at like distilleries and i was like (laughs) the only one who's like sipping and making a face because i'm a child (laughs) <laughs> me too me oh, too just awful i swear the guy was like glaring at us by the end but also like just like have fun with it man like don't take your job <laughs> so fucking seriously like it's not yeah. even like that's like a like a fucking like top shelf fucking it's not like pappy van winkle or some shit like that <laughs> i'm sorry what now <laughs> Poppy Van Winkle. It's like a very expensive bourbon. Is it? I've never heard of that in my entire life. Oh my life. god, you have to watch the show Heist on Netflix. Okay. You'll understand it. Alright then. Basically. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Tangent. Uh, classic Sam tangent. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. Her friendship with Ethan. Yeah, so she, her first day at this new high school... 
she immediately strikes up a friendship with Ethan, who is one of Colton Creed's friends. And I do love that she has this friendship with him that's just purely a friendship. <laughs> She's like a uh, wing womaning for him, trying to get him a girlfriend. Um, and it's really cute. But at the same time, I'm like, you couldn't have allowed her to create a support system where she had some fellow girls to lean on because every other girl that Shiloh interacts with in this book is a goddamn nightmare of a person. And I'm just like, Shiloh very much is falling into that stereotype of like, I'm not like other girls. And I hate that because it's like this girl more than anything needs other female support in her life. She doesn't have her sister anymore. She doesn't have her mom anymore. She needs as many people in her support system as possible. So, like, why... Like, obviously, we needed some people to uh, push the plot forward, but you couldn't give her, like, a few female friends that helped her and, like, had girls' nights with her and, like, were there to bounce ideas off of and talk to about her relationship issues. Like... No, every single girl in that high school is a goddamn nightmare of a human being. Yeah, and it's just her with the guys constantly, and she has no female friends. And I have a di- I had a different feeling. I loved Ethan, and I wanted him to be a part of the harem too. Like I think it's cute that he was like her wingman, but I just thought that their relate like their friendship or relationship, you know, a friendship is a relationship. I thought that they were adorable, and it would have been nice to have one harem member who was not a brother. <laughs> That's what this is really about. Ashley was pushing for Ethan to be a harem member so that he could hook up with one of the twins too. <laughs> I mean, that would have been ideal, but yes. And I made a brief list of girls who are shitty to Shiloh. <laughs> like my alliteration there. Nice. Cassie, nice. Amber, Sam, and Stephanie. Fuck oh, you, bitches. Of them had to be named Sam. I know, but uh, I think that Cassie is number one the worst, and yeah, Stephanie like also number two the worst. No, Amber was number two the worst. I think that Stephanie was, like, with all the shit at the gym, just because she was jealous. Yeah, but Amber was, like, didn't, wasn't Amber the one who spray-painted whore on her locker? Yeah, that's true, but, I mean, like, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, they're all terrible. I'm just, like, I just want her to have some, like, women are nice. Having women friends is wonderful. I would die without having, like, the women in my life who I can count on and talk to. Like, let's let's get some nice female characters in here, please. I do like that Shiloh and the guys are able to connect over their shared loss and grief. I feel like that is such a poignant part of the book where all of the guys kind of have their moments where they're sharing with Shiloh, like, the stuff that they're still struggling with. I know Creed talks about, like, him struggling with swimming because he lost his dad right before, like, the big state competition. And Keelan and uh, Knox both take some time to talk to her about, like, the fact that they had the loss of their mother that hit them harder than it did the twins because the twins were still so young. And then losing their dad on top of that and how it's impacted both of them. So I love that she gets that those moments where she kind of gets to dig deeper with the guys. Yeah. And I love too, that it wasn't just with Colton Creed, especially, you know, 
Keelan and um, Knox have both taken on so much responsibility. So they obviously have to have a lot of feelings of grief about their parents' loss. You know, they really Mm -hmm. have to have really, really felt that. And it's just nice for her to have someone to relate to because she doesn't have any female friends to relate to. (laughs) So I love that they're so relatable in that sense. Uh. I also love the moments when Shiloh, there's so much angst in this book, which is just speaks to my angsty heart. So like there are so many moments when like Knox is pushing her and it's like answer the question. And there will be times when she just like drops a bomb of knowledge about her past and then just like walks away. And I love the drama of those moments. I'm just like, yes, drama queen Shiloh, take in your moment. But then also that like realness of after you like, it's that moment of sending like a risky text and like throwing the phone away from your face (laughs) like that's what I feel like Shiloh's going through of like dropping all of this knowledge with them and then just like running out of the house the lasagna dinner where it's just a it's a giant hunk of text where this giant paragraph (laughs) where Shiloh is just going on I don't like the color pink (laughs) I love popcorn Putting it all out there for them. And then at the end is like, enjoy your dinner. I have to go now. <laughs> like, doesn't even give them a moment to say anything. Yeah, that I felt that. There are times when I just want to say something and then run away too. I feel you, Shiloh. Um, and then this speaks to what Ash was talking about earlier, where Colt just goes from like sweet and lovable guy and then just goes off on whoever hurt Shiloh. And it's just excellent. Like... I love those, like, really sweet, lovable guys who will just flip a switch when the person they love is being hurt. Mm, That protector instinct. Love it. (laughs) And then one of my favorite moments that makes me laugh every time, uh, Knox invites Shiloh over for breakfast and Keelan walks in without wearing a shirt. And she's just, like, dumbstruck by it. And then Creed and uh, Colt, she goes to wake them up, and they come back in, and she's just, like, staring at Keelan again. And she's like, what? He's pretty. And then Keelan's like, I've been telling them that I'm the prettiest. And Creed gets angry, and he's like, well, then why don't you go put a shirt on gorgeous? <laughs> makes me laugh every time. I, I just love the brother dynamic there. Well, Creed is just so witty and sassy. Like, I love it. <laughs> They're a good group of brothers. Confirmed Keelan's the prettiest brother. Just so, Uh, like, silly and fun. I love him. She has this, like, ongoing superhero obsession. And, like, the superhero obsession is fine, but then she has this whole thing where she has, like, matching lingerie sets for every single superhero. And that was, like, cringing me out a little bit. But it also just kind of felt really out of character, um, just with her being like so innocent and like never knowing when she's saying things that are dirty and it, and then it's like also has a million matching lingerie sets and I was like, oh, okay, but I did like, like the moment that she has when like Creed sees her underwear drawer for the first time and then like him and Colt are like dumbstruck by it. Like I thought that was really cute and funny, but like the overall plot of the underwear, I was like, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I I agree, and and like we discussed, I don't know if it's because I'm not in just like superheroes, but it, it does feel very out of character for her. Even though I get like the whole like empowerment, like 
message, I guess, that it's trying to send. I don't think I ever wore lingerie until I was, like, older and, like, married. Like, mm-hmm. I think, that, like, I bought my first lingerie set probably, like, a year ago. Like, so I, I don't know. I feel like for an 18-year-old, it's unrealistic. Unless you're, yeah, like, a stripper. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely not something a lot of 18-year-olds are doing. Yeah. Okay, my final favorite moment before Ash goes into hers. The fact that Keelan said that he looked up polyamory when Creed and Colt had the same girlfriend, it made me love him so much more, where he was just, like, looking out for his brothers and, like, wanted to research what they were into and was just like, I just wanted to be aware. And I was like, oh, Keelan. I know, that was really sweet. (laughs) What a good brother. He's the sweetest. I love him. What are some of your favorite moments in the book, Ash? Um, This is a mix of, like, favorite and things that I disagreed with. Um, The unhealthy running obsession replacing her other vices was sort of cringe for me. She's aware that she has issues, and there's a a specific scene where she's helping Keelan with this beginner's jujitsu class for, um, you know, victims of, like, sexual assault um, and it's supposed to be very empowering for them. And the one girl in the class has a panic attack and she um, she's like talking her through it. Like Shiloh's talking her through it. But it's like, if you know all these things about yourself, you kind of need to take that initiative and make sure you're getting yourself the appropriate help that you need instead of running yourself into the ground for four hours. Like, and I, I just feel like that's a constant thing with Shiloh. Like, she knows that she has these issues, and she knows that she needs help, but she just doesn't, you know, go and get it. I think that's realistic, though. I think there are a lot of people who know that they need help, but they aren't seeking it because they're just not ready to yet. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but I just, I wasn't a fan of the unhealthy running. I don't know. Um, I also felt like Arizona was a poor choice for someone who tries to keep their scars hidden, but I'm glad that the boys gave her the confidence that she needed to overcome that. I feel like if... What? I was just going to say, I love that Creed keeps stealing her sweatshirts and hiding them in the house so that she can't (laughs) keep using them to hide. Only 99 more to go. (laughs) Um, I probably would have spun the globe and pointed to Arizona and been like, okay, I'm going to spin again now. I just the heat of the desert just for someone who likes to wear long sleeves is just nope not gonna work for me i just feel like arizona in general wouldn't work for me hell no you (laughs) couldn't pay me enough money in the world to move to arizona i am sweaty when it's 70 degrees exactly (laughs) i'm not built for that climate (laughs) agreed it would be like so much under boob sweat (laughs) Um, I already said that I wanted Ethan to be part of the harem. I love the football god. And I loved Creed's honesty about swimming and how he just wasn't as passionate about it anymore since his dad's Mm -hmm. passing. As someone who's had a parent pass away, there are definitely things that I lost, you know, my interest in after my mom's passing. So I just felt that that was very realistic and... I really appreciated that she included that in the book. Um, And it's just so true, you know, anybody who's lost someone close to them. Like, there's just kind of things that you don't handle as well when you've lost someone that was, like, you know, formative in that life experience. 
Um, I loved that Shiloh's mom was a chef, and she, you know, kind of picks back up her love for cooking when she moves to Arizona, and I love that she constantly cooks enough to feed an army and shares it with the guys. I thought it was mm-hmm. so adorable. But also, when I think back to being 18, I did not know how to cook anything. I probably knew how to cook ramen noodles, and that was it. (laughs) Um, I also did love that, like, um, it's Knox and Shiloh who mostly do the cooking. So at one point, they were, um, I think it was Keelan turns and asks, like, both of them, like, we're thinking we want to go out, unless either of you had anything planned. And they're both, like, simultaneously, they're like, we should go out. And it's just (laughs) like that that mom and dad moment where they're like both yeah take this off our plates let's go out to eat yeah that was really sweet but i just thought that that was a nice little addition and i think it was a great way for them to bond and especially for shiloh and knox going forward i think that's good for them for bonding as well and we discussed about the other girls constantly being shitty to shiloh it would be great if there was a strong you know female friend Maybe we'll see that in book two with Isabel and Ethan becoming a thing. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, baby. And I loved the sexual tension. Yeah, girl. (laughs) The build up to the one smutty moment after all of the innuendos. It was, it was great. It was gratifying. Um, I'm hoping for more of it. It just reminds, like, and that's what I love about reading these types of books is it reminds me of myself in high school just brings you back to that angsty you know you're like horny all the time because your hormones are just like all over the place just takes me back there was there was great tension in this book especially when she's sleeping between the twins yeah and colt starts kissing her and then creed kisses her the next morning and it's just like they, she puts on the no kissing man and the guys are like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, they're so cute. And I love that Shiloh just constantly says things that can be misconstrued as sexual to a group of four guys. <laughs> I just find it hilarious. <laughs> it's just, she's just so naive and uh, innocent and it's just, oh, it's cute. And again, that's what you know, the whole lingerie thing just doesn't really go with that, but... Yes. Alright. I loved it. Yes. I... So many good moments. So we wanted to do our harem rankings, keeping in mind that we loved all four of these guys. So this is really just personal preference, and you'll see that mine and Ashley's are pretty much exactly opposite. (laughs) (laughs) But we did love all the guys. So my number one is Creed. I love that boy so much. I love that he started off angsty, but then just, like, very quickly moved over to being 100% behind Shiloh all the time. Then Knox, number two angsty boy. I know he's going to come around strong in book two. I have all the faith in the world for it, and I just know it's going to be amazing. Then Keelan, uh, the prettiest boy himself, (laughs) and then Colt. Now, does this mean I don't like Colt? Absolutely not. I love Colt, too. It's just... I prefer my angsty boys. What can I say? And I am obviously very pro Blake Bowman Golden Retrievers, baby. I got <laughs> Keelan in number one. I just think he is so funny and 
so cute, and I love that he's confident and full of himself. Number two is Colt, because he is so thoughtful and caring, but then he also has that edge where it's like, touch her and I'll kill you. <clears throat> we have Knox. I love that he's more of the mature, broody asshole. Um, I maybe have like an older brother thing. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and then Creed is last for me, but he is still sassy and adorable, and I mean, he's number one for other things, so he can be my number four in my ranking. But all of them, it's just a solid harem of guys. Yes. A hundred percent, yes. Um, so just final thoughts. I loved it so much. I'm so excited for book two. Uh, at Miss Ross Tech, I need I need a release date for book two, please. Not to rush you. I know, I know the <laughs> process is a lot, but please, please give me a date to look forward to. Um, I'm hoping that she becomes closer with Ethan's girlfriend in book two so that we can get away from the not like other girls bullshit and give her more women in her support system. And I just love the angst and the grief. And it really, it hit a perfect note for me of realistic and just heartwarming at the same time and I'm just very much looking forward to more cries in book two because I know that she'll continue to hit that emotional note yeah and I agree it's the perfect combination of warm and fuzzy angsty the grief you know the kind of the more thrilling scenes that involve her past and what happened with Mr. X um the creep factor there and then I have so many questions about Jacob the Creeper from the gym. Um, mm -hmm. I did not like him, the immediate red flags. Um, and I want to know, you know, what's the twist going to be? Like, I, I feel like Shiloh already had so much going on with Mr. X and then this happens. So we'll see. I just, I'm very curious. I want to know if there's anything related here or if she just attracts creeps. I know. I feel like we can all relate to that feeling of, like, running into someone and immediately getting bad vibes and knowing, like, oh, I need to stay away from this person. And unfortunately, like, that's the majority of life as a woman, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So. If you're mm, a man, you right. might, might not understand. So moral of the story is read this book if you haven't done so already because it will make you cry. And Ashley Rostek, please tell us when book two is coming because I can't wait. Yes, and again, whoever did the cover, gorgeous job. Absolutely beautiful. Love it. Ah, amazing. So what were we reading this week? So again, light reading week for me. I finished beta reading uh, Vera and the Vegas Five for uh, Sarah and Ashley. And I also read Ruthless Crown and Ruthless Queen by Amanda Richardson. Uh, they were fine. It was um, another <laughs> high school reverse harem. I, like, there's something about me in Academy books. I just constantly read them whenever I'm, like, in a book slump. I mean, that's good because there are plenty of Academy reverse harems out there. I know. Um, this coming week, I am so flipping excited about Jay Bree's release of Savage Bonds. I cannot say enough how much I'm looking forward to this book. It's coming out in three days. I cannot wait. Um, I know I will be devouring that. I'm hoping that will get me out of my book slump. I will also be reading uh, Grace's new book, Frenzy, 
which was put in Amazon erotica jail. So make sure you find it and read it so that we can support Grace because that really kills search optimization and makes it difficult for Grace to uh, get sales on her book. So let's support Grace. And yeah, Grace deserves all the sales forever. She's just like a wonderful human and an amazing author. So be there, be supportive for Grace. And really pretty much all I read this week was Frenzy. Um, Grace was very kind and sent that to us as an arc, and I read it in less than a night, (laughs) Um, just like I did with Mannix. It's a theme. Uh, I I love these. They're so good. I think I just love Omegaverse, and I love the characters that Grace writes. Um, But, uh, you guys, this book is seriously amazing. Definitely make sure that you read it, um, you know, on her page. If you join her, you know, reader group, you can get the clean links that'll take you right to it. Because if you have certain filters on your Amazon, you might not be able to find it. Um, But Cortland is daddy. Dom is hilarious. Like, the harem is just uh, all around so perfect. And I promise this book has everything that you're going to need. Some of the best male mail that I've read for a while. Um... Probably the best male male since I've read Good Girl by Sam Hall. That was also heavy on the male male. Um, But yes, give it a read. Grace is so deserving, and I cannot wait for the next book, Feral. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then this week I'm probably going to read Broken Bonds. I have a nut layer. Oh, I did read an arc for Not My Type. I probably should mention that. And you guys, this is such a good book. The representation in it, I am telling you, it gives you all the warm fuzzies, but the way that the female main character's disability is portrayed is, I think, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a disabled person, but I think that the way that it's represented is so well done. And I know that a lot of research went into it, so be on the lookout for that re- release. It has a Alright, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Smut and Spice. Please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Next week we will be taking a week off, uh, but the following week we will be taking a look at A Lady of Rooksgrave Manor by Catherine Moon. Uh, You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Smut and Spice Pod. We'd love it if you would share our podcast with friends and on social media. If you have any book recommendations, send them our way. And if you're an author who's interested in appearing on an episode, reach out. We would love to have you. A special thanks to our technical producer, Andrew, and to our graphic designer, Lainey, for our amazing logo. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!